You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about the M-I-I-I-B, or the M-I-3. Actually, in my cover, it's like M-I to the third power. You, no trouble. Me, fifth You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Welcome to the podcast. We are your hosts. I am editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? I am dandy, robot Jared. <laughs> Very we, nice. We, oh, God damn it. <laughs> we also have with us DP Mike Griggs. Uh, Brian, have you ever started the podcast without finishing a laugh and then welcoming us to the podcast? Because it's probably my favorite part every time, I just want to say. It's not put on. It's not like he's Conan O'Brien. <laughs> Maybe the audience doesn't realize we are all hilarious until he starts the podcast after laughing at all of us. Yeah, it's, you know, you, you get the giggles sometimes. What are you going to do? Brian, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brian's podcast energy is, is, is fueled by laughter, so we have to fill his battery so he can continue the podcast. So we always start with a hard laugh. Wow. Now I feel like a freak alien here. Um, <laughs> hey, well, this is the MIB cast. All MIB all the time. We also have with us costume designer Kristen Jones. Hello, hello. Hey, hey. Here we are, guys. The third and final uh, Men in Black movie. Well, the final one with Tommy Lee Jones and, and Will Smith starring. Had you guys seen this? Yeah, do we count the other one? Do we not count the other one? We're not counting that one, you know, because this is Will Smith. <laughs> you know, we're just pretending international did not exist. I'm still going to watch it, though. Maybe not next week, but at some point. Yeah, at some it. point. In the further near future. Not the distant future, but the... Yeah. Yeah, I have seen this before. Uh, I don't think I saw it in the theaters. But I've definitely watched it like three times in the last couple weeks. Damn, really? Maybe just twice. Am I exaggerating? Twice. Uh, I had only ever seen it once, and that was in the theater. And so it was like watching it fresh again. Um, nice. It was, it, was, it was very enjoyable. I really, really like this one. Yeah, this is my first time watching it, and even though last week you guys told me that there was time travel and I thought it sounded really stupid, um, <laughs> I actually was really surprised that this is actually a good movie. <laughs> High praise! Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> time travel instantly makes something a bad movie? 
Well, no, but when you pair it with the first two of the series that were so terrible, um, I was not expecting anything good from this. And yeah, actually a lot of, a lot of time travel is bad. A lot of That's people true. can't pull There's it There's very few time travel movies that, that pass the snuff test. They use it in a really cool way, and, and it kind of has a nice, like, endearing kind of thing, yeah. kind of a fady kind of thing going on, which is kind of cool. Kind of, it's a nice button. What do you mean, fady? Well, it's like, like, like you know, it's, it's like it was destined, you know, it, cause, because, because... Uh, oh, fatey. Oh, gotcha. fatey. Yeah. I thought you were saying because, fatey. Like, does, does it, I, that's what does I thought, it, too, Brian. J that makes sense, Jaren. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't have to explain it. <laughs> like he was always fated he was always to travel. fated to do this because that's yeah. why he could remember you know he's like why why can i remember everything that's going on it's because oh, you've you done there. this before what? you were there he's like Whoa! well but he that's also he's the kid at the end yeah too that's which is like was i was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that could I, I think they handled that really well i i, they, I was Waiting for them to cross over the line of like cheese, but like I feel like they did it. They did an okay job with that. Wait a minute, hold yeah. on. But we need to back up here. This time travel thing—you're kind of breaking my mind. What do you mean he was? He couldn't have been always fated to be there. Yeah. Right, because like the first time this would occur, like Agent K would, would have known, would have seen Agent J as a young boy, right? And he would have never right. seen the grown-up version of Will Smith. Yeah. So now that Will Smith's going back in time. So he's changing things. It's not really faded, right? Because if it was faded, well, then it would always have happened that way. No, Griff- Griffin said to him before he left that as soon as your partner, you know, takes the arm off the guy, Boris, not just the animal, he's not the animal, he's just Boris. Uh, <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as that happens, everything will be basically reset. And he said, Kay won't remember you. Like being here now is what he was talking about. Yeah, but well, wait, that's not true because at the end of the movie, he does remember him being there. Does he though? Yeah, he or does. does he just because he, he has the watch, and they're in the pie shop. Oh, and he says last night was a really long time ago. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Maybe I just misunderstood what that was. Well, he didn't uh, do it exactly then. like he was supposed to. He was supposed to to leave instantly as soon as soon as the arm goes off. He's supposed to jump. Well, yeah, but for all K knows, he did jump. Like he doesn't go out and help him on that beach. He just watches from afar and he's like, you know, yeah. jaw drop, standing over in a bush, just like. Whoa. No, I think that he is fated to be there. No, hold on. I think that he is fated to be there, whether or not Kay remembers him, whether or not it happened, however it happened. There are multiple um, dimensions, parallel universes. That's the whole point of this. And in each one, he is there in some form. He's fated to be there, and this is all fated to happen, and he's fated to know Kay. It's like they're, they're wrapping each other's lives. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I had, I had some questions on time travel stuff. Well, it's not exactly time travel. It's all like dimension. I, I think a better word for it would be dimension jumping, which I think is really cool. Hold up, no, and, they're not dimension jumping. They're they're <laughs> they're still in their same timeline. Just because this guy can see other timelines because he's a fifth dimensional being, that does they're still in the same timeline, right? Yeah, because he said that all the other dimensions are or all the other possibilities are happening simultaneously. We just only have certain ones that coalesce. Is the word that he used. Right. So they're all happening at the same time. But like part of the thing, even though this is faded, you still have free will. And so you can make a different choice, which alters the dimension that you're in. Yes, that I agree with. Which in terms of like (laughs) sci-fi time travel movies that have rules, this one is high up there for me just because of, of that exact fact. Right. Like that, even though there is this guy can see all the possibilities of the future, like every single choice and decision 
like affects their understanding of what's actually happening. And so his his constant like, is this the one where that happens or that happens? <laughs> I fucking love that, man. Oh, I so thought great. it was going to be like worse watching it, you know, a couple weeks apart and then seeing it again. But like every time he mentions one of those, like I kind of it, he's so endearing. Like I just like his character so much. Who is that guy? He's so good. I don't know. I did not look at that guy. Up. I just assumed I didn't he was look him up either. A, uh, yeah, a comedian. Well, whoever you are, bro, you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> whoever you are. It's weird that his kind of creature doesn't have a brain, though. But it could store the whatever that Michael Stuhlbarg? system. The arc light. The arc light, yeah. It's stored in his head. Unless it is his head. Yeah, I was a little confused. Like, when they got to the end, and he, he makes that statement of, like, you know, once there's death, there's always going to be death. But it makes you think that it's going to kill Will Smith. That that's where they're leaning toward. Well, yeah, you think it's going to be one of those guys, but like at the same time, like so in the original timeline that happened between Agent K and Boris the animal, Boris was in prison on the moon base. Agent K was with MIB, so nobody died there. We assume that Will Smith's father died in that instance. Exactly. So that's one death. Yeah. But at yeah. the end of this movie, both Will Smith's father and Boris the animal die. So where's my second? Where's my second death in this first timeline? There were two Boris's that died at the time. Oh, so that's three. That's what I'm saying. There's three deaths then at the end of this movie, and there's only one. Before I going around. What's going on here? We just don't hmm. see them because they kill other minor characters. It's like pushing daisies in that universe. It doesn't matter who dies. It's a proximity thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> It's within fifty feet, you know. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't kill him back, then somebody else has to die. Wasn't that also done by Barry Sonnenfeld? Was it, dude? Pushing daisies has got to be man. It's got the same look and everything. It yeah, it's amazing. Right. I know that uh, Jim Dale does the narration, and he's awesome. Yeah, he was a producer uh, for it, executive producer. Wow, it makes sense. It's got that. It's got his vibe. Oh yeah, he also directed two episodes too. So look, there well you go. recognized, Brian. Speaking of recognizing, we do have to say, correction from last week, there is no Will Smith song here, Jared. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what, what this, this Wikipedia knockoff article that you found was. But. <laughs> there was also no uh, Enemy of the State song either, because I was like, that one I want to fucking listen to. I want to hear that song. <laughs> I also want to hear the concussion win. <laughs> Neither one of those oh sadly existed. Yeah. I did have to say everything you find on the internet. <laughs> I did enjoy. I did enjoy the Pitbull song, especially the. I like. I actually really like the music video for this a lot better. I feel like they incorporated like the aliens and the movie scenes into it a lot better instead of just like redoing the movie. Yeah, that, they just added Pitbull to it. It was cool. <laughs> you're right. That that is the best music video of of all these uh, black films. Although, it's not much of a new song. It's like the whole chorus is sampled from something else. I mean, I'm not mad at that. I like the original song. No, touche. Touche. <laughs> I swear I'm going to find this list of Will Smith that sent it to you to, that it proves that they exist. Oh, I'm sure that wrong list <laughs> yes, exists. The, I'm sure the list exists. The, the list is going to have links Send to the actual the songs. Song. That we can... <laughs> the, actual, the actual made up songs. <laughs> yeah. This guy totally sounds like Will Smith. That's kind of impressive, actually. But I mean, why do you think Will Smith didn't Smith. do the third one? Because, like, was he just tired of making songs? Was he, he like, no, I'm only an song. actor? <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like, look, I mean, the, 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 
that's kind of this thing. It's this thing, whether they're good or not, that's this thing. And so like, why did he like this movie, which is actually a good movie? Why was he like, actually, I'm going to sit this one out. Thanks guys. Or did someone ask him to sit out? I mean, probably not. It's Will Smith. Like, how do we think that decision was made? I think he was kind of done with this franchise at this point. Him, Tommy Lee Jones and the director, they did not have nice things to say about the producers. Mm. Really? Yeah. When they were, when they were doing the marketing for this film, he didn't want to talk about it, but when uh, Men in Black International came out, there was all these articles where he was just like, yeah, you know, the, I'm sure they're great people, and if we had never worked together, you know, we'd be friends, but we work together, and we got big <laughs> egos, and, uh, you know, we're never going through that hell again. Damn. And he threw Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith in there as well. Yeah, I, I, the director took a huge pay cut for this movie. He got paid less than half for this film than uh, the Men in Black 2. Wow. And it still made money. And it had a big budget. Okay, so the box office on this is kind of crazy. This is the lowest grossing Men in Black movie in the United States. But worldwide, this is the highest grossing entry in the entire franchise by over $100 million. Wow, that's impressive. I think most of that has to do with the fact that this was the entry that was released in 3D. Oh, yeah. 2012. Yeah, it's like, what, three, four years after Avatar? There is this great podcast... Um, it's only like 30 minutes, uh, but basically it's it's Barry Sonnefeld uh, and... The Coen Brothers? The Coen Brothers. I talking love about, that. Talking about this movie, but most of it was like this really nerdy shit talking about lenses and, and why, why you shoot, um, you know, film over digital for 3D and, and, and huh. how all this was going to go and then the reasons they chose to go uh, to do a post-process 3D instead of actually shooting 3D. Because you get a better result, and you can't. He was talking about how he's like, I love to use a twenty-one millimeter lens, and, and and he's like, he's like, hold your hand up like like you're shooting a gun, and he's like, cool. If I was right here, you know, I wouldn't be able to like go down your arm and up to your face because the matte box is going to be too big. So you know, we just can't do what we need to do because I want to shoot on a twenty-one millimeter lens. You know, like it was uh, it was pretty it was pretty amazing actually. I, I totally nerded was out. Was this on a that. Uh, a Directors Guild podcast? No, it was one of those uh, Apple Store. Uh, podcast yeah, was, yeah. where they like bring it's like the they're people. hanging out in Apple Store. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. They had one it's like for those uh, old Tower Records things. They had one for uh, Hector in the Search of Happy- Happiness too. Griggsy, you should listen. No, to that. It's got uh, yeah Simon Pegg's on it. That would be fantastic. I would love that. Yeah, they, they have some good stuff every now and again. I, mean, I love uh, <laughs> Barry and the Cohen Brothers, man. With, the, with those three fuckers get together, it is they're just always taking shots at each other. And it's so fucking funny, man. Yeah, he was talking about them wanting to use like longer lenses, and he was like, "No, no, 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 no." He's like, "He's like everybody's overusing long lenses." He's like, "I, I want to live on the twenty-one, you know." Like, <laughs> he keeps going back to that, you know. He starts throwing shade at fucking Coen Brothers at one point. He's like, "Yeah, you know, uh, well, you know, they're small movies." It's like everyone in the crowd. Was oh, like, he's like, he's like, you know, he's like when you did your little pictures. You know? Oh, damn, that's amazing. <laughs> Not only one of those, uh, you know, filmmakers uh, actually has an Academy Award. Well, I guess two of them. There are two Coen Brothers. That's fair. We all know those are rigged. It's not relevant. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's insider trading. <laughs> <laughs> I'll care about the Academy Awards again when they finally get a uh, stunts category. Oh, throwing shade at the Oscars. Mm, absolutely. Uh, can we talk about Josh Brolin and his just pitch perfect? Uh, is it a character? Is it an impersonation? Is it like Josh Brolin being 
Tommy Lee Jones, B and K. Sometimes it makes me think that he's being overdubbed. Like I was like, yeah. man, he he yeah. sounds so good. I've heard him talk a little bit about like the process of of trying to find the Tommy Lee Jones character. And he doesn't he he doesn't describe it as like I was trying to find young K. He's like, I'm trying to find Tommy Lee Jones playing this character. It's really, really interesting. Because he has such a specific accent and like man, he fucking nails it like the whole time. Yeah, he does sound a little I don't, he sounds a little bit more southern than Tommy Lee does. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Sometimes he's also a little bit like higher in the voice. Tommy Lee Jones is a little bit more like low in his he's timbre. Younger. Yeah, yeah. He's a little he's a little more up here. Tommy Lee Jones is like way down here. It's before he changed, just before he saw. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. Jay's dad die. <laughs> it's before I got really dark later in life. <laughs> Him and O can never really old guy smiles like this. It's weird that O is like a big part of his life, but we haven't really seen her before. There's a lot of retconning in this one, I think. Like the uh, the elevator that's like glass surrounded in the middle, and then when he goes back in time, it's the exact same type of elevator. Yeah, because the other (laughs) elevator was stupid. Yeah, no, it totally was down into there. It was like, wait, hold on a minute, I'm gonna be there in a minute. No, seriously, yeah, seriously. Yeah, the new one, like (laughs) he steps out before it's even finished, like getting down. Yeah, because they were so sick of the old one. They were like, "Man, let's just get in here. Can we can we put in an escalator?" I didn't like the uh, the 2012 version of the uh, Men in Black headquarters. I thought it looked like an Apple Store the entire time. I was like, "Where's all the the fun <laughs> and all the cute shit and all the the fucking shit on the wall? Everything's fucking curved and white. Like yeah. this is fucking boring as crap and sterile. Looking. Yeah, right. That's what I thought too. Sterile is a good word for it. Yeah, they fixed the screens a little bit. They were a little better. Still that weird oval shit, but the kind yeah. of like, instead of being like, concave, they were convex. It's weird how it kind of pops out at you. Yeah, I just, I'm just not a fan of it, man. It's just, yeah. It, lo- it looked like a fucking Apple store from like fucking five years ago or something. I don't know. It's not, not my jam. Yeah, but, but I did enjoy Emma Thompson, though. I thought she was great. <laughs> I liked everything about her she ex- except for her hair. The entire time, I yeah, yes, what, yes. Did you no, notice it's her so hair? Weird. It is it's like weirdly, like, it like, like, like weird layer, like plasticky kind of... pieces. Like it, it, yeah, it's super weird. It's futuristic. The entire time, I was like, is she supposed to be an alien? Is that what they're saying? She's an alien because she's got weird ass fucking hair. Like, who the fuck <laughs> does their hair like that? Yeah, it does look look like a little bit of a helmet, but. Yeah, or like weird armor, or like she's got like a plant head or something, like their little petals that are folded back. I don't know. Just very bizarre. I almost yeah, think it it's is. a nod to, I mean, it's bad. You're right. I almost think it's a <laughs> nod to um, kind of that overly structured, um, like what, what the stereotypical like women in power who like have like the very sharp hair and the very sharp suits and have like basically have stripped all of themselves of their femininity and i almost thought it was a nod to that um sort of thing not that she was i didn't i mean i my first thought was not that she was an alien that they, that but that's that that they were riffing on the fact that she was like asexual because women have to be asexual if they're in power for some reason i don't know we don't have to be but it's a general <laughs> oh, <laughs> general role <laughs> I, I, I thought they were doing the asexual thing to like highlight when they got to the 60s how all the girls in the MIB headquarters look like flight stewardess. <laughs> and they're yeah, fucking like all the, uh, 
all the alien outfits were like really Star Trekky looking. Like that yes, they were glittery, goldy. I was like, man, it's, it was kind of funny because well, the aliens from the sixties would have dressed like that, right? That's exactly <laughs> it. I loved that. I absolutely loved that. I mean, I thought it was so much better than like the really awful CGI that they did in the second one. And I was like, yeah, if you're gonna go back to the sixties, let's put them in sixties alien. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> it was perfect. Yep. Almost like Star Trek was because one person like randomly remembered a little bit, just like, like you may have gotten neuralized, but it's still in your subconscious. And this is what the aliens should look like, guys. So explain to me why there is a massive neuralizer that's larger than an iron lung, but you can still carry one in your pocket as long as it's attached to that little battery. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the miniaturization process hadn't quite gotten completed for those first two days, but the second one... (laughs) I mean, I mean, if we're going to be accurate about it, that technology at the time would have been as big as that room and you wouldn't be able, like the little, the little thing that he had on his pocket would be like the (laughs) eighties. And we're talking about like the size, like how, when we miniaturize technology, but I thought it was really funny. So I don't want them to take it out. No, no, it was still a cool scene. (laughs) Way better than the toilet. Yes. The whole getting flushed. Flushing oh team, man, I, 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 no, totally forgot about that. I just blocked that so out of bad. my brain. <laughs> Wait, I don't remember the flush. We're about to get flushed. It's how they, it's how they it's it's the escape route out of MIB headquarters. Oh. So you forgot oh, about the plant thing is coming in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they get flushed and like put up in these about. like cylinders out into the street. You know, well, just like the fact that they did that like top down shot and made it look like it was a look like a toilet bowl. He called it. He called it being flushed. What the hell? Come on. Yes, it was no. a nice return for the comedy here. Yeah, it was so nice. Yeah. This was actually funny versus that second one, which was not. And it moves. I mean, I, I, there, it does it really like, move. I feel like they put yeah. so much story into this uh, with it still coming in at a respectable time limit, you know? It's like a hundred and what, hundred and something minutes? It's like an hour 45, however many minutes hour, that is. Yeah, man, that's totally fine. You coming in under two hours, and it, it never felt like it was dragging. I don't, I don't ever really remember getting bored in this movie. There was one point where I stopped it because I was like, "How are they still going?" Because I thought that was the ending, but then <laughs> um, it wasn't the ending. But actually, it was still really good. Like I didn't like hate the end, like the rest of it. I was like, "Oh no, okay, there's more here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was actually really surprised by the end of it. Um, I was not expecting Men in Black to have a little bit of a emotional gut punch at the end. Oh, no doubt. You totally get it, too. Which is nice, because you, you've spent actually so much time with these characters that, you, that you, you've kind of grown to know them a little bit, especially if you've been following the series every week like we have been. Uh, you know, so it makes you feel, you get all the feels. So I think we're like the perfect audience to actually feel something in that moment. Oh, for sure. To feel I don't something. know. <laughs> I had, it kind of irritated me, because if Kay, you know, watched his father die, and like knew who he was and knew everything that happened like his solution was to like shut him out and like not open up and like not befriend him and like like be his partner and like take care of him but like just shut him out emotionally i was like that's kind of shitty for like everyone involved like you don't have to do that he's supposed to he neuralized him you know he he has to deal with that every day in his life His, his his first call of action is to neuralize you and then set it right you know yeah so he still doesn't have to you can still open up and like talk and like befriend somebody, even if they don't remember you. And why would he remember him? He doesn't have to. You don't have to. I don't he's know. He's so that... cold. He's so he's so cold. 
which I guess Will Smith says throughout the whole thing. And I, he is, that's but true. then like when you learn the reason why you're like, well, that's not okay. <laughs> or at least that's how I feel. Well, <laughs> I was Kristen, like, that's not okay. <laughs> you have to realize that, you know, Tommy Lee Jones's character just completely er- er- erases this guy's entire memory of his father that is serving in the armed forces. And he thinks his dad's a deadbeat. <laughs> Kay-, Kay has to live with that his entire life. Yep just a race that, that's kind of a dick move right i don't you know it's like uh, did, did he have to neuralize the kid right then and there at least couldn't <laughs> he have some fucking memories of his dad do you think that when the guy showed um his dad the future or whatever and he and he asked him he's like what, what did he show you and he said he showed me how important you guys are and do you think that he showed him that he was his son or that you know that, that they just do they do great things he showed him that, that the scene earlier in the movie where they're sitting in the China restaurant and Will Smith's talking about how his dad is just like never there. I played catch with my dad, except it was a wall. <laughs> I'm going to save, save this guy this time. I'm going to do something right for him because I wasn't there before. And then he gets it you know, erased. Mm. No, I think he just uh, I, I think he just shows them that the, they are going to save the world. I mean, he's in the army. They are kind of trained to save the world and not just their kid. You know what I mean? It did seem a little retconning now that I'm thinking about it. There's a lot of retconning going on. Yeah, yeah. but they, 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 they knew that this was probably going to be the last one with these guys. And they wanted to, to throw in all that, you know, actually do a good tie in. Yeah, if you're going to retcon, it, this is the fucking way to do it. Like, absolutely. It feels a little forced, yeah. but it's still, I still, you know, it also felt a little earned. Like, like you know, it, it didn't, it was riding on the edge of disbelief. But, you know, if, if you just go with it, it's, it's, it still feels really good. I think if you think about what's actually happening, it, it, it's a little bit like, okay, come on, really? Like, you are, it was a little contrived. But the actors just fucking sell it so well that emotionally I was a, totally invested in the whole thing. And that final scene in the diner at the end. Where he pulls the watch out. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, last night was a long time ago. And the whole, like, it was my privilege thing. I was like, shut up. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> what, you didn't cry, Brian? Uh, I, I cried in the theater when I saw it. But uh, to be fair, you know, it's <laughs> like one of the first movies I took my, well, not one of the first. Uh, you know, it, it was within the first two years of me taking my. My son's in the movies, so you know I was a little uh, emotional. I was still, still emotional, yeah. you know. My hormones were still up, you know. <laughs> Don't even joke, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna play the trailer for Men in Black Cubed. We'll be back. Who are we? We are no one. Our mission is to monitor extraterrestrial activity on Earth. Flacco! You know you're not supposed to be north of Canal Street. Who is Flacco? Just relax, punk. They're looking for me, not you. Crazy, right? Two grown men talking to the wall, wall talking back. It's a mess. But hey, don't even worry about it. Incident report. Access denied. There are things out there you don't need to know. That's not the lie you told me when you recruited me. I promise you the secrets of the universe, nothing more. Well, what other secrets are there? Kay! Kay! I'm looking for Kay. Have you seen him? Sort of a surly older gentleman. He smiles like this. Kay has been dead for over 40 years. 
Here, take this. Now all you have to do is jump. You want me to jump? Time jump. Okay. How do you know my name? All right, we're back. That was the trailer for Barry Sonnenfeld's Men in Black 3. Not a bad trailer. That trailer was cool. It reminded me that neuralizers change just as much as iPhones. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. It, 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 ten, ten years now in between these sequels now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, that's what I'm saying. Like the neuralizers do see like they're touchscreen now in this one. You know, it, they updated them just like the you know headquarters to that Apple Store. Bro. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. It's just modern. <laughs> yeah, except for the fact that the the Apple Store headquarters is the same in 1960 as it was in 2012. So man, the 60 was just looks so much better, bro. God, looks so much better. I like the colors better. I like everything better. 60s better. Yeah, the 60s had this real warm vibe. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. And, like, fuck it. It was, like, the first time I can actually, like, remember seeing, like, just a lot of colors and saturation in the imagery. Especially when we get to, like, Coney Island. Like, that whole sequence is so bright and alive. It just, it doesn't even feel like it's part of the same franchise. I thought it was so much fun the way they showed all the different versions of the 60s. You you had the Coney Islands and you had like a lot of the hippies there. You mm-hmm. had a lot of the like Andy Warhol and his whole gang. <laughs> you had um, like when they were showing the the launch, you had all the families and they're like kitschy, like yeah, different scenes. Yeah, but then you yeah. also had like the MIB agents and their 60s versions of that. Like you had so much variation. And I absolutely loved how it was all like, I mean, obviously <laughs> the sixties were like varied, but they did, they did so much. It must've been so much fun to play around with that on, on this movie. And back to the Andy Warhol, the Andy Warhol one, though the makeup on those three models that all of the, like the people, the guests were like talking around the eye makeup. I don't know if you yeah. guys noticed that yeah. was yeah. so amazing. It was like, and they only showed it for like three seconds. And I was like, can't they at least like have a line or something? Like, cause I just wanted to look at it. It was so cool. <laughs> but I, I, you know, the whole, I loved that whole scene anyway. Like Andy Warhol is like an agent and like the, <laughs> he's like, I'm busy. Like I'm watching him devour a hamburger. Like it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Hader, him. he just comes in and assassinates the entire fucking movie, like with that little cameo. Yeah, he, it's just so fucking perfect. Like, you got to get me out of this, Kay. I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't listen you to Simitar music anymore. <laughs> Fake my death. <laughs> that was a good. That, that, that's a good moment. I, I, I love this movie when it gets to the sixties. It's fine before yeah. then, but. When we get to the 60s, it's, it just everything starts clicking and it just works. 
Yeah, it works really, really well. It's almost like unfortunate that this whole thing wasn't set in the 60s, which you never really say when you time travel, because again, it's really hard to pull off. One of the other things that I really liked was in addition to Griffin and how all of his multiple dimensions and he he's kind of kind of has anxiety about it, but he's also very chill about the fact that like, uh, unless we're in this dimension, in which case we're all about, we're all about to die. Um <laughs> Or you yep, know, yep. reality or whatever he says. Um, but the other <laughs> character that I really like, and I forgot until I watched the trailer, was the guy who gives Will Smith the, the device. And he's like, yeah, I think you just do this. You'll be fine. Just go, you know, just jump. You know, like so he's the, so <laughs> he's, nonchalant. We have about to get really <laughs> high. And he's like, bro. No, no, I mean like really high. <laughs> yeah, he's so funny. And I just, I actually really love how these two different characters who kind of ex- who understand that time is you know a creation a man-made creation and is not real or it can be manipulated at least um and controlled in a way like they're just so chill about everything i absolutely love it and everyone else is panicking around them and they're just like whatever <laughs> you gotta we gotta wear these goggles because then you'll you'll look like a time traveler and it'll be really cool <laughs> Well, you also got to see to work the device. <laughs> Man, he's no, oh, he's a highlight for sure. Oh no, yeah. I think you could uh, think you could jump off the building if you had to. I mean, if I had to and had no choice, yes. Do I yeah. want to? No. I don't actually. I I'd probably fall like. You just try to stand on that, that, that bird head. You're just like, you just slip. No, well, you stand there like this and then like slowly like teeter off. Like you don't really like jump. <laughs> you, fall. you wait for a little gust of wind yeah, to like give you the, the inspiration. To help you. <laughs> the dude tries to push him immediately. He's like, he's like, you gotta, you gotta go down. He's like, oh, dude, hold on, hold on. Like, <laughs> Well, there is like a giant alien invasion going on in the background, so yeah, yeah it's so insane. This, all these massive things floating around, which it's kind of crazy that you know, for a, a, a whole franchise about you know police uh, policing aliens and everything like that, it took three movies to get to an alien invasion. They're just really good at their job. Okay, touche. Yeah. You think that would have been the go-to thing to do for the the second well, film? I mean, technically, there was an invasion on the first one. They were just—it was just basically one ship was just going to blow us up. Yeah, not really the same thing. But they, not, they, but they weren't like making a ground assault. Yeah, I mean, these guys. Well, I, I don't even know if the, what their plan was, but it looked like they were just going to throw out some tentacles and pick everybody like, up, suck, <laughs> suck onto all the buildings and stuff, and just like you know, just take it over. <laughs> they destroy every world they come across again. I love seeing the Eiffel Tower getting taken down on the TVs in the background. <laughs> it's just happening in the background. You know, the, the main baddie was actually good in this. Jermaine Clement oh is just oh fantastic, man. His character is so excellent. And, you know, the CG on him is a little goofy, but it, it, it's it's cool still. It, it, he's he's like super creepy. And I love when he runs into himself and they have they have like a little disagreement and they start yelling at each other and they're going <laughs> just like screaming at each other. When he's like um, you're the one who fucked up and lost your arm. I haven't done it yet. It's your Man, that's so fun. Uh, yeah. That's pretty great. It's great. I actually didn't hate his CGI. I thought it worked kind of well for the character. It was just it's creepy creature enough. That lives in yeah. his hand. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, also like those are his that. hands and stuff too. You complete me. Wait, no. Is that is that like a parasite that lives on him? Or is it's just part of him? You know, you know how you know the, 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 one of the creepiest things about uh, the T one thousand 
Is that it can, like, you know, these little pieces can come back and be a part of it? No, bro. There, there's a moment where, like, there's a scene where he... I forget when it is, but he he brings his palm up and his little creature comes out yeah. of yeah. his hand and he gives it a head rub. And it's like, yeah, we've yeah. been thinking yeah. about this the entire time. He gives a little head rub yeah. and he's like, yeah, our other hand died. He's, he's got he's got like a parasite that's part of him, you know? It's kind of like a cat. He just has like a little cat there. <laughs> it goes down into his hand vagina. Yeah. <laughs> With teeth. I mean, <laughs> well, it's vagina dentata. But, uh... <laughs> For those keeping count, that's the fifth or sixth time that's come up on this podcast. <laughs> well played, Jay. We should do that movie at some point, Brian. Oh, yeah, we have to. We have to. I mean, goddamn, we bring it up so much. But yes, but J- Jermaine is excellent. He really is. This was my first Jermaine Clement experience, and man, he he is just fucking Wait, fantastic at everything he does. Like ever? Yeah. Or or you mean you mean just in life? This was your first. This was my first time seeing him when <laughs> I watched it in 2012 when it came out. Oh, okay. All right. I Wait, okay. Wait, I need to know what's the difference between first time in life and first time ever. <laughs> well, like if if he hit, if this like you know this week was the first time you know three weeks ago when he watched this. Was the first time I'd ever seen Jimmy. No, no, no. I I don't remember if I saw it in the theater or if I saw it after the fact when it was like on DVD or something. But I definitely saw it when it came out, and I just rewatched it a, a few weeks ago with my kids, and then uh, last night just again for the podcasting. Because if he hadn't seen uh, a Jermaine movie, we were going to go watch Moana instantly. Oh, dude, it's shiny. <laughs> <laughs> like a tr- sunken treasure ship. <laughs> I get down with some Moana now. <laughs> uh, no, what was it? The the uh, the dark, not dark shadows. Fuck the the vampire movie with him and uh, Taika. What we do in the shadows? What we do in the shadows? There it is. We're werewolves, not swearwolves. <laughs> so I just I just looked at him up. He is slated to be Doctor Ian. Uh, Graven in Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5. Fuck yeah. Avatar 5 will be coming out in 2028. We are that far ahead. Well, if somebody asks for your five-year plan. <laughs> well, Avatar 2 Just, comes out this year. Does it, it really? 20, it says 2022. Oh, what? It was supposed to come out Christmas yeah. this year. Got, got pushed oh, back. Man, they pushed it. God damn. How many times are they push that movie? Uh, forever, bro. Seven. It's never coming out. So you got Avatar 2 in 22... Four in twenty four, oh, sorry, in twenty six, and then five in twenty eight. James Cameron, what you doing to me, man? When is when is three coming out? I I, I skipped over it. It's two, four, six, eight. Interesting. December of twenty twenty two. God damn it, that's far oh, away. Jeez, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, and they're still <sighs> filming four and five, and post on two and three. Wow. You think Cameron's like thinking of dying or something? <laughs> he's, he's like, I just want to. I just want to. We just gotta get it done. Do we gotta get all of them like done. Five years. Yeah. <laughs> What's well, been? Like, I'm not gonna make years. it to 2028. This, this is, is my legacy. legacy. Holy shit! That first one came out in 2009. I wonder if that movie's gonna be a hit when it comes out. Avatar two. Probably not, but whatever. We got still got like you know five of them. Probably. I bet everyone's gonna go see it. I bet everyone's going to go see it. I don't know it, if it'll be then... good. I bet I do yes. think everyone will go yes. see it. It's a James Cameron movie. It'll be good. Mm. It'll be Yeah. I don't know, man. Those I agree with like Brian in this situation. The, I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, Boris the Animal, or as he prefers, just Boris, is a great bad guy. Yeah, he's great. 
Okay, he is great, but can we talk about his like cohort and the opening scene? Because she's dressed very inappropriately. And I don't have a problem <laughs> with leather in general, but like that amount of leather would hinder her from moving. And I actually watched to see if she was going to run because she can't run in that much leather. And she did not. She did not run. No, and it looked like run. she was struggling with the gun, too. And so that's a big gun. That's why she wanted she wanted to help him hold it. That's all she wanted to do. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at it right here. Is that too much leather? Yeah. Okay, but to walk <laughs> what, to to help someone escape from jail. Yes, that is too much leather. Like if you are just like uh, wearing it like at a party or like in the bedroom or like I don't know whatever you want to do and there's not a lot of movement, go for it. I mean, I think that's I a great would look. contend that it is a great amount of leather when you're in a high maximum security prison where it seems like all the guards are of the opposite gender. And she's definitely trying to distract most, if not all of them, with her leather choices. Well, I feel like she accomplished this goal. No, because here's the thing. I mean, look, you can get away with that. Those leather boots like that are like thigh high. You can't run in those. You can't really do anything in those. She needs more appropriate footwear, first of all. You want to keep that leather? That's fine. <laughs> Like, but let's like lower that, please. Like, it's not like, it's just not conducive to escaping, helping someone escape from prison. You can still distract guards. It's uh, moon uh, prison though. This is space yeah. leather, right? This is from space cows. Space leather. Space leather. Also, I was very confused on the atmosphere situation on the moon. Right. Because... Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Biggest plot hole no, in the whole no, fucking no, no, movie. No, 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 it's not. He's no, an it's alien. Not. He doesn't need he, to no, breathe. He, he didn't need to breathe. So all he did was he held on until it, it equalized. No. So all the air <laughs> no, sucks out. No, he jumped up through the fucking hole and then walked down onto the moon okay, past where yeah, the because, moon lander was. Because, because by that point, all the air had evacuated out, so he's not going to get sucked out anymore. The air equalizes outside and inside, or the lack of air. Yeah, but there's nothing for him to breathe. That's your right, point. I, there's no hold, atmosphere. No, hold on. I'll, I want you guys to hey, think no, about no, no, what no, you're no, saying. Like, no. no. That's Brian, not how what that I'm works. Saying is, <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, is that, no, yes, yeah, no, think no, about it. No, no, that's not no, how no, that no, works. No, 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 I'm going to explain it to you. No. I'm going to explain it to you. That's not how, no. If you just let me fucking explain it to you. <laughs> they, they're inside a giant building, right? Yes, they And are. that building is it's pressurized. It's on the moon. Yes, it's, it's on the moon. Okay, yeah. It's on the moon. It's pressurized. Yes. I totally okay. understand this. So when the hole explodes, yeah. all that pressure and air has to leave. So that's why they all get sucked out of there. Okay. I would understand if they if they got sucked out and went like fucking four football fields and fell down. But that's not what we saw, Jared. They got sucked out into fucking outer space, Jared. And when, <laughs> well, it's because, and when he goes out of that hole and jumps through that hole... In slow fucking gravity, like moonwalking, literally moonwalking. There are no bodies there, Jared. It's because there's thrust, Brian. So they get they get the oh. the, the, the energy of them getting sucked out Bullshit. of the hole Bullshit. flings them through the thin <laughs> atmosphere on the moon out actually into orbit around there. No, but the reason he can jump out of there okay. is because the pressure has now equalized and now he can, can I, just take advantage of the the gravity on moon to bounce through there. Can I and he's also add like another question to this complicated explanation, <laughs> though? Because <laughs> it is my understanding <laughs> that if you are in space and you don't have like you know atmosphere or like something pressurized you just like explode and so like his whole like goodbye to the leather girl i was like but she should already be dead like i didn't under like and he was like no i'm gonna hold on to you like i guess he's an alien he can survive even though somehow he's an alien with a human body uh 
but like the girls should have like exploded, right? Like, doesn't isn't that a thing? Don't you explode in space? <laughs> no, if you're on no. Mars, yeah. if you're on Mars, it does. No, that's, that, <laughs> no, that's no. When you're on Mars, you're total recall. Yeah, you start to you know explode. <laughs> I like the satin. <laughs> I think I think there was enough air still uh, this is, this still equalizing. That he was able to have a conversation with her before she total recalled and bulged the eyes and flew out the window. That didn't happen. Apparently, there was a lot of air, there was a lot of atmosphere ex- like exiting if she was still being sucked out for that whole like conversation. I don't know. Apparently, in Jared's world, you could throw a rock off the moon and it's just going <laughs> to leave the moon. <laughs> well, yeah, totally. It's like, oh, my my arm force made it escape the moon. Which gravity. which su- which it? Superman which Superman movie was that where they fall on the moon and dude like kicks him and you know Superman he goes, four, probably? He goes uh, sailing off out into space. <laughs> I get my astrophysics degree from Superman <laughs> two. Man good four sir. is it? I think so- it's Superman three or four. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely four. It's the one where they create the one, the, the the bad the bad Superman, Superman, Superman with the, with the sun. Yeah. 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 Okay. He throws the nukes okay. into the sun. So with, this with, is, with the nuclear weapons. Yeah. If you're exposed to the vacuum of space, the lungs will rupture, um, so you'll die. But then also you'll have um, the boiling temperature of your body fluids. It initiates transition of liquid water in the bloodstream and it turns soft tissues into water vapor. Um, and so you'll have like blood vessel blockages due to gas levels in your bloodstream. Why does it it's boil? not great, like, Bob. If it's, isn't it cold? Oh, I skipped that paragraph because that wasn't about the exploding. Hold on. But no, you don't explode. You, but also, and you won't freeze. Wait, what did you just ask? Is it cold? Oh, so it's not cold? You're saying it's hot. I'm gonna send you this. Well, no, it's like a, a lot of like sciencey things in here that there's, like. Why is, why is there's no there's boiling? no molecules to be to moving part. for it to be boiling hot, Jared. It's it's okay. It's so it says void no of space is. It says is, um, heat transfer cannot occur in the same way in space since two of the three methods of heat transfer, conduction and convection, cannot occur without matter. Um, so you can't freeze here. I'll send this to you guys. So you can read it too. So when Leia was like floating across doing super Leia, <laughs> wouldn't have happened, man. Unless the Metachlorians in her blood. Do you not remember that podcast? Pushing out against Where that blew all of our brains. We're like, what? What? Why? It says you can't freeze instantly because the heat transfer cannot occur as rapidly by radiation alone. Oh, so it takes a while for you to freeze. Or, yeah. you know, at least a minute. Oh, this is Still a be Harvard a bad... University paper. I'm going to enjoy reading that later, Kristen. Thank you. <laughs> that's the uh, <laughs> that's, that's one of the best <laughs> things about that TV show. Uh, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, the Expanse. Like, that, that's, they just all about throwing some motherfuckers out in space. I'm going to space you, bro. Like, oof. Wait, they say that in the show? <laughs> I'm going to space you? Oh, no, 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 no. He's like, he's like what happened to Brian? He got spaced. Okay. Here is here. This is, I think, they should at least call it vacuumed. All right. So within 15 seconds, um, your uh, blood is deoxygenated and you'll be unconscious. But you don't die for at least like another minute. So, all right. Well, so Leia had time. That's the important. Yeah, yeah. You have 15 seconds before you go unconscious, and your hopefully your lungs don't explode in that time. And then, yeah, with you die within a minute. But not you oh, don't still freeze. faster than being hanged. That's true. Hung. Hanged. Faster than a lot of. <laughs> it's faster than a lot of like deaths. Like 
Could you imagine like drowning and like, like? So, no thanks. Hey, so, so this is what we do now. Now, now that they're sending billionaires into space, we're, that, yeah. that's the new. That's this is the new humane way to like you know execute somebody. We're gonna space you. We're gonna take you up into orbit and let you go. God damn it! Subject you. We already got so enough crash expensive. up there. It's like yeah. It's just like and then and then and then, then then it's a warning. It's a warning to space and space aliens when they come. It's just like bodies floating. <laughs> These people around. care so little about like, the Earth. They'll, uh, they'll throw themselves it's, it's up the into space. It's the new way of putting someone on a spike. You know, <laughs> like this is what we do with our, wanna, our criminals. I want to see a remake <laughs> of Gravity with bodies, <laughs> with just bodies floating everywhere. <laughs> it's just all the criminals. It's like the top of Mount Everest. <laughs> if we wanted to do this and do it cheaper than like a spaceship, what it would be better to do is to put all of these bodies on like the satellites because we launch those all the time. There's so many satellites in orbit. Oh, just currently. like the thing they put on top of the, the ship at the yeah, end of this. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We just, we just yeah. stick bodies on the That's top. That's all you have to do. And it would be so much more cost effective <laughs> than having like rockets or like spaceships yes. go up. That's all I'm saying yes. is it's just like expensive. We can't we all go up. Black 3. <laughs> Utilize rockets for other uses. <laughs> Superman did it. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones' right. character That's did right. it. <laughs> okay. I did really enjoy the uh, the fight scene while they're they're trying to launch the fucking rocket. That was, that was uh, pretty it's fun. great. I, I love a good high rise fight. You know where some people yeah. are like fighting on a crane. Well, this was another take on that. And then the, for some reason that that the Men in Black, you know, in the last one they're doing flips, they're jumping around, they're hanging on to ceilings and shit. And this one, man, they just give a fuck. He's just like swinging around like Tarzan, and like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're just so they, nimble. They knock Jay off like the fucking top of the thing, and he just grabs a little thing and swings down. It's like okay, He's like, well, yeah, all right, is- yeah, sure. They were more cool. fit in the sixties, so. I think it checks out. That's true. Yeah. Well, it's that cigarettes and scotch thing going on. Yeah. Yes. If you can smoke while you're pregnant, you're damn sure going to be mad fit. Cigarettes were different. They weren't trying to kill you with them then, you know, putting all the chemicals. They were organic cigarettes. Yeah. They- <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing Josh Brolin really needed in this was just sitting around K smoking. You know, I like I like great. when they bring up his age. Like you know, there's just, <laughs> like, just like like, like uh, Jay's just like staring at him in the car, and he's like, "What's going on, Chief?" or whatever, or sport. Did you lose something like, hey. over here, Hondo? Yeah, oh, that's right. Did you lose something over here, Hondo. That was so great. <laughs> Ooh, got those city miles on you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Apparently, so, he and Josh Brolin are about the same age. So I was about to say, how old was Josh Brolin in that scene? Yeah, I think they were like thirty six, thirty eight, or something like that. 1978, if I'm not mistaken. Look at you. I looked at it earlier because I was wondering the same thing. Uh, 68, sorry. Will Smith was 68. Josh Brolin is 68. Man, they look good for 68. No, no, sorry. They were born in 1968. I know. I'm playing with you. <laughs> just just to clarify for everyone. Yeah, I, I think the only thing I disliked, the only sequence I disliked in the entire film was the, the mono bike scene or the mono cycles, yeah. whatever those were called. Yeah. You don't have these in the future? Yeah, that, I mean, that really, that was the only that was the only scene that kind of was like, eh, this doesn't really work. It's okay, they they need they needed a chase sequence, you yeah. know. Uh, but everything was was very visually like uh, appealing to me. It's, oh hell, especially it was neat to see inside of uh, K and J's houses. Yeah, that was pretty fun actually. You know, they I guess it, I guess they get paid really well to 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 be uh, a, a person in black. Um, I mean, I feel like you'd kind of have to be right. Like, if you're going to live in New York and work in New York, like you have to at least be able to live in a place that's 
not a shithole. Well, but keep in mind, you can't really do anything with your life. Yeah, they don't (laughs) have any partners, and they don't have any kids, and they don't have any. They can't. They don't have a social life. So (laughs) that's true. Will Smith's got that giant picture of uh, Frank. (laughs) Frank It's it's like a baby. It's like a baby Frank. Yes, it's it's it's, it's a puppy. You know, he's got a giant, and he's just sitting around playing video games. He's got total minimalist apartment with giant Frank the Punk above his bed. It's 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 like he's got like like a little bedroom and like a giant bathroom just off to the side. Just just what he needs you know all, yeah then, i don't need anything else i'm not home that much Let's sleep play some video games on a giant wall-sized tv and k has just as many guns as he does books <laughs> yeah he does <laughs> <laughs> that that fucking like remote control that has four buttons like and he just leaves it there like what's the point of having a remote control if you're just gonna like <laughs> well no one's gonna touch it because it's so ancient looking you know it's like that definitely doesn't turn the tv on i did love his like bookshelf and his he's got some kind of brown liquor He's just sitting there chilling with his corded phone in 2012. Yeah, I love that. I would kind of like to hear about uh, how Kristen feels about all the 60s costumes, specifically in the Andy Warhol sequence, because they do like a whole like models walking with metal dresses and some random shit. And that was pretty delightful as far as I was concerned. Um, I like them. Were they metal, though? I don't know. Yeah, it it looked like metal it was dress. Metal. It was like a coil around them. Yeah. Um, I absolutely loved everything about that scene. I thought all of the outfits were amazing. I'm looking it up to see if I can find the um, metal dress, and I'm like looking. There's like a guy who's like topless with wearing, and he's wearing like metallic silver yeah. pants and the the. No, this is like a coil. No, I know, but I just I'm. No, there's a few people I'm that had a similar this. like thing. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I also love, like, the backhanded comments about, like, oh, yeah, every single, like, model is actually an alien. And Jay's like, I found that out the hard way, like, three years in. And the other guy was like, yeah, ooh, that's rough. No, but also, like, <laughs> having lived in New York and, like, been around models during New York Fashion Week, I can totally see that. Like, they are um, <laughs> very tall and very skinny and like they the the especially with like with, if they still have their makeup on and everything they just look like they're not fr- they, they don't look human at all and they usually have like because <laughs> they're usually kids too so they usually have um like bodyguards and you know that the bodyguard is like probably not like a great bodyguard but you just kind of like are you like is she okay there <laughs> like I don't, like how old is she and how old are you sir like i don't know anyway but yeah um I support that. That they're not <laughs> human. Oh, I see it. There's the metal dress. Um, I love it. It's probably I wouldn't I don't know if it's metal, um, because it looks like you could do that with um just like metallic I don't know what it's called. It's like sturdier than paper because it's metallic, but it's sort of like that and you could easily make a dress um like aluminum that. foil? Kind of like stuff. Foil. Like, sturdier like a, than that Stur- like, a, like a piece of metal that curls and then you have some kind of like metallic oh, it's, called, looking... it's called sheet metal or flashing <laughs> not as sturdy as sheet metal but I'm blanking on the name I can um, I don't even know how to search for that though um, tanful we call it tanful <laughs> almost like what you would hang almost like what you would hang in your house like a streamer like across yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying I see that I totally yeah, see yeah. that for sure. I would I would bet that that is what they made her dress out of that stuff uh, because you could do something like that and she could easily move and it would look really cool um, it might be hard to sit in but 
She doesn't need to sit, does she? You can buy a roll of Roscoe stippled uh, reflective, uh, you know, uh, like it's it's like a gel roll, but you know, but it's four foot wrong by like twenty foot, four four foot by twenty foot uh, roll of that, and you could probably wrap yourself in it. <laughs> yeah. It's probably it's, I think it's like two hundred dollars a roll, so it's it's a little bit, you know, you can probably still make that a, dress still for a pricey bucks. dress. Yeah, two hundred bucks is pricey for a dress, right? <laughs> Well, I mean, that's all relative, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. If you're doing it with an aluminum foil dress, yeah, I think that's pretty cheap. <laughs> all right, what about Griffin's outfit? Because he was in like seven different layers. Like, do you think he had like some kind of air conditioning vest under it or something? I think he has a lot to hide. <laughs> <laughs> His fucking hat, man. Like, it's so fun. It's so fantastic until he like he takes it off, and like that's the reason why he has that weird ass hat. I love it. I I love it. It's so great. It's wonderful. I actually feel kind of bad. And maybe he does have, I hope he has some kind of air conditioning unit under there. And like, that's why he's so inflated is because one of the layers is like him keeping cool uh, because (laughs) it's a lot of clothes, but it works. I think it works so well for his character. Yeah. I love the implication that like, he's, he's just expecting every possibility of of weather and so he just always wears like seven layers of he could be in the himalayas or at the beach and he's just he's ready for all of it at the same time yeah it works i think it works really well he's just prepared for anything which is wonderful i don't know i i love all of the costumes in this which i'm i know in the first one I thought it was okay. The second one, I actually don't remember. I think it was better than the first one. But this one, I I just thought the costumes on this one were wonderful. All of them. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And Boris's, like, perfectly 60s bike that was also totally very alien. That one scene when they're at the the pier and the guy's like, great bike. And then, (laughs) if you value your hand, I wouldn't. Man, those two. They're just like perfect hippies and he's just... I mean, the production design, we, we've talked about costumes, but the production design and the makeup and everything that you see is just wonderful. Like, I really feel like this... Uh, I know you said they had a lot of issues with the producers, Brian, but it just looks like so much fun to work on. Well, this was the, and still is, most expensive live-action comedy ever made. Really? Wow, Really? Yeah. Uh, what was the what was the budget? Two fifteen to two thirty. Holy depending shit! Depending on who you believe and marketing and uh, rebates and tax incentives and all that stuff. Where I mean, they didn't use a ton of CGI in this, and a lot of this was. No, they used a yeah. lot of CGI. They used a lot. of Well, CGI I mean, like in, in compared to like the first and the second one, I guess. Like all of the aliens were live action. They were well. Okay, that's not so, true. But so most of the stuff in the sixties, like almost every shot. Is is got a CG element in in it, and even the okay. puppets right, now. That's true. Yeah, um, that's true. They add all the eye blinking. There's a lot of movement now to the aliens. Even the stuff that Rick Baker did, and you can tell it's a puppet. They're adding a lot of digital stuff to it. Um, like even Boris's makeup, where he's got those little I don't know what are they claws or whatever, whatever his, they buy his, his face eyes. opens up. Yeah, yeah. Well, even before his face just like opens up, but like they're what's holding onto those things. His, his sunglasses. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, like sometimes those are completely digital and sometimes you can tell they're just makeup. And well, I guess and the I mean, entire maybe end is all CGI. That's a whole the entire end of the movie is a blue screen. OK, 
Yes. Okay. So maybe I just don't know how expensive CGI is and how it works, but like, I feel like that would be less expensive because it's not as much. Whereas like in the second one, they just had the whole characters were CGI'd like the dude with the other dude with the net and the neck thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that would have cost more because it was so much more, but maybe not. I don't know. No, I mean, this is definitely more. It's just done so much better. Oh, I mean, yes, obviously. <laughs> you, know, you don't you don't even realize like how much like I didn't even realize how much of this was uh, CGI. I went back and was watching some of the extras on the disc, and they have these scene breakdowns of like certain parts of the film, and they built like certain things for, like just the monobike sequence. Like they had all these different go karts and all these things the actors could ride, and they even built one that was Will Smith was actually flipping upside down around everything in that bike. All the environments. There's so many times where they they're just going to a completely digital character, like transitioning takes, and they're just adding a digital Will Smith to bridge the gap between those. It's pretty. Imp- I mean, you can tell when it's a digital Will Smith or a digital Josh Brolin, but it, it looks great. I mean, this this looks so much better than the sequel, man. So much better. Oh yeah, it really does. Hey, can I? You can see the money on. I have yeah. another question. Okay, so why is it that sequels are? So- such shit and like the quality just drops and the uh, on everything the whole quality drops across the board but then the third one they usually come back and the third ones are usually better than the second one like why is that (laughs) well it just depends on the series that's like not always true you know like godfather part two is better okay terminator two is better aliens is you know it it just depends on the franchise but for the part i feel like at least the movies that i see and the franchises that i see that's usually the case like the second one's so bad and i never want to watch them ever again you're seeing and that but somehow like, i the see only the third one i can think of is die hard give me a give me yeah. an example where no, three is better than two i don't know i'm gonna have to go look them all up besides now. I don't men know. in black yeah oh, men yeah, in black we, here's we an men, example for men in black and die hard <laughs> yeah no i agree with those but i can't think of another one okay i'll have to go i'll have a list for you because i'm curious about that like even Scream, like yeah, I like Scream too better. I haven't seen that. I mean, my my gut reaction to that question, without being able to actually anecdotally reference anything specific, for the second one, there's there's usually probably an attempt to recreate what the magic was from the first one, um, and they kind of double down on it, and sometimes the doubling down works, and then more often than not, the doubling down is on the wrong thing. You didn't realize what what everybody loved about it so much, and you you kind of you yeah, and then the third one they're like, oh, this is what we did wrong. This is where we need to actually go back, and this is what was fun about the first one, and this is where the magic worked, and so we need to do more of that. Or we like the characters and we like the world, and let's do something slightly new with it, which is kind of what this did, where they're like, let's let's expand this a little bit, and that's where it becomes it becomes like a, an original story with the same characters as opposed to like let's recreate the same thing again. Yeah. Just like Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Yeah, just like Return of the Jedi. So much better than Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, Fuck you. exactly. Okay. See, Fuck look. <laughs> same franchise. <laughs> and, 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 and look, it, it, it even fights with itself. I mean, there are no rules in this thing. <laughs> Die Hard 3, though, is superior. Absolutely. 100%. Because it started out as a Lethal Weapon movie, right? Uh, no, it wasn't a Lethal Weapon movie. It was a... Um, it was it was its own film. It was like it was, it was called a, Simon Says. No, I, was, I thought it was written for like a Beverly Hills Cop or like a Lethal Weapon or something like that. They may have taken it at one point, but the original script was actually called Simon Says, and it was just and they turned it into a Die Hard film. Oh, and that's Such why he throws movie. that out. Play it 
Simon says. Jeremy Irons is a badass, bro. Oh, he's yeah, so he is. Great. Yeah, he fucking is. But also, uh, there was a little tiny cameo from David Rash in this. David Rash. Who's David Rash? Yeah, who the fuck is that? He's the guy that comes up when um, uh, it's in the 60s. He, he's like he's like the head of the MIB. Oh, when the MIB oh. was very clearly like... The guy that always plays the corporate douchebag in like the 80s and yeah, 90s. Yeah, yeah, he's that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. yeah. What do you know him from? What, what, how do you even he, know that guy's got, name? He's, he's got one of those faces, man. That he just kind of pops up in shit. Are we at ratings here? It feels like it, Brian. All right. When we're bringing up David Rash, it's time to move on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Who's going first here? No takers. Well, all right. I'll go first, and then I'll listen to you guys afterwards. Um, Set the tone. I'm going to give this a solid 8.5. I find this movie very enjoyable. It's good. But this is probably the only time I'm going to... Give a little bit of negativity to production design. Don't enjoy the production design in the present. And maybe that's because I love the 60s stuff so much, and I just want to see more of that. I don't know. I just It just doesn't work for me, the modern modern stuff. I don't like the redesigns of anything. Uh, even the guns. I don't like the redesigns of the 2012 guns. But I love the 60s ones with the tubes and everything. Like, fucking, there's TV tubes everywhere on every... Even the Neuralizer. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's how things are powered. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's just great. It's, I love seeing those big tubes. Um, yeah, the, the only sequence I really cringe at is the monobike scene, and it's so short. I don't know. Um, there's a couple moments where you feel the movie's made for, with 3D in mind, the time jump scene. There's a scene in the uh, Asian restaurant where Will Smith goes behind, jumps behind a bar. And it's slow motion, and some things are flying around. You're like, oh, okay, that was a cool... I saw this in the theater in 3D. I vaguely remember these moments. It was cool 3D. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is this, the Men in Black sequel we, we kind of all wanted and really deserved. Um, you know, maybe, maybe it's really better. Maybe it's not as, as good as I'm thinking, but the, it's just that end. It, it's so surprising and shocking that, like, oh, oh, my God, I'm getting the feels from Men in Black outside of just smiling and having a, a fun time. I don't know. That's kind of hard to do, and maybe I'm great grading on a curve because that's kind of impressive, and they pull it off. But it's a nice end for the trilogy. Eight point five. Who's going next? I'll go. I enjoyed this movie a lot, which is some, saying something since I did not enjoy the first two really. Um, somehow this movie was funny, <laughs> and the characters were enjoyable, and I loved all of the aliens and i loved all of the whatever like the whole of the all of the worlds that they created all of the characters they created all of the production design all of the costumes all of the makeup everything just looked absolutely wonderful um i didn't even really think that there were any holes in the plot i don't think i feel like we might have discussed one but i mean everything made sense i which in a movie like this isn't always the case um the only thing I don't like <laughs> is that we finally find out why Kay is so cold and unemotional. And it's because he cares for Jay and he feels bad that he ruined his life. And so he's like, I'm going to be a dick to you now, even though I already ruined your life. I'm going to keep being mean to you. And so I just feel like that doesn't make sense. And I don't really like that. And I mean, it's totally something I could, I mean, it's something people do, but it's stupid. And so um, I don't like it. And I'm going to give this a nine because of that, because that annoys the shit out of me. But otherwise, everything is great. 
Gonna sound like a broken record here, but I totally agree. Um, I I really liked this movie. I was so surprised how much I liked this movie, and you know, it's it's just it, it was cool. It was cool seeing the characters again, and and just like we brought up, this one was actually funny, and it it actually felt like a nice ride. Um, and, and it was just really cool because fucking Josh Brolin was just nailing it the whole time. It, yeah, it felt is. it felt very familiar, but also you, it was it was a little different. But it, like he was. He was doing such a good job. It's kind of like, you know, Tommy Lee Jones couldn't be out there doing what, um, you know, uh, Harrison Ford's doing now, I guess. Uh, you know, <laughs> they're breaking bones and shit trying to make these movies. So, you know, that's, that's the next best thing. Find somebody who, who, can, who can fill the shoes. And I really think he, he stepped up to the plate and made it happen. I would have liked to have seen another one after, you know, maybe. Or uh, just or, or maybe, maybe do some more of him, like a movie back with him back in his day running that. Because it would be interesting to see more of the MIB set in that more technologically um, restrained world. You know what I mean? But I guess that's more like, uh, it, it would end up being more like um, Wild Wild West. Where there, it's like you know, way over the top as far as like what technology would actually be available. Which I thought it was also really weird because like when they when they said that they needed to get the um, what, what's the damn thing they put out around the the arc darknet, arc arc light or something arc light arc arc light arcnet arcnet. That's a cinema. That's right. Arcness. <laughs> <God> <laughs> <damn it. laughs> the arcnet is the thing that was deployed around yeah. the earth. Yeah. That's right. Arc light is so when they needed cinema. to get the arcnet, and they're like, we need to get that into space. And they're like, well, how are we going to do that? Well, don't you guys deal with aliens on a regular basis? Haven't we seen yeah. an entire There's not a place? single alien ship that you can, like, take it on, like, really? Yeah. You know, the only thing that's <laughs> going on is this random fucking thing that, 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 that normal people are in on that we're right. going to go to space. Right. But, you know, our, our MIB headquarters and stuff couldn't really figure out how to get us into space quicker than having to you travel fucking down to fucking Florida that with don't jet move packs. forward. They move, like, yeah. sideways. But you have to go to the... Okay, that's... No, sure. Okay. Well, the, those, the, the, the technology for those jetpacks were taken off of the Daleks. Uh, oh, 100%. Daleks it looked like move a around. fucking Dalek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. So. I like the fact that it's got a <laughs> historical, like, context. And, like, I mean, they did the same thing in, um, what was it, X-Men uh, First Class with the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, I love that, too, man. I I think that yeah. gives it, like, a real-world spin to it. I don't think that's a negative. It, it, no, it's cool. It's cool. It, it, it kind of grounds a little bit. But what I was just saying, it, it, you know, it's it's cool to tie it into something that, that's, that's historical. It's just weird that they're like, well, how are we going to get this thing into space when we have, you know, we're, we're basically run the space hub. Well, yeah, but I am. Um, so MIB had only existed for like, what, five years at that? Uh, this was 69 and they were was formed. It, was it that fresh? Yeah. They, like it was in the oh, 60s. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Well, I didn't think about that yeah. either. When was, was it the first yeah. one? He said it was like, what, 60? 62, 65 something. It was, yeah, it's I couldn't remember if it was 64 very, it's or 67. Sure. It was somewhere around. Yeah. I forget which one it was. So was it created when, when, when he was uh, out? Yeah, trying to meet up with his sweetie, and he yeah. had the flowers, and he just yeah. happened to come across them. Yeah, and he yeah. was like, "Holy shit!" Okay, so you that's, that's... That, you gave that tall man flowers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's in the first movie. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, they are a new agency. Well, I don't know. It was really cool. I hate that there's no more of them. Uh, I am interested to see the other one. I think the only person who really returns uh, was is uh, is O, which is kind of cool. Um, just want to see how. how oh, are you talking about for things. the next one? For the next one, four. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I forgot. But anywho, about that. great movie, better than the second one. Uh, it's a solid nine for me as well. I I, I I did like it. We'll watch again. All right, Grigsy. 
Yeah, these are uh, these are all good good things to say about it. I I definitely also enjoyed it way more than the second one. Rosario Dawson is probably the highlight for me from the second one, and that has nothing to do with the movie. She just um, <laughs> my kids definitely think this is the this is the best of all three. They they loved it the most for sure. Yeah, man, this one is just so fun. Like as a time travel movie, it's really it works really well for me. Um, as a Men in Black movie, it. It does all of the fun things that I loved about the first one that I wish the second one could have done. Um, I love everything from the 60s on, but everything leading up to the 60s works really well, too. Like, this is just such a fun foray into what the characters are going to do 10 years out from the last one. It, there, There is a little bit of, of ret... There's not a little bit. There's a lot of retconning, and if I stop and think about it, some of the retconning feels a little contrived, but for the sake of moving the story along in the moment... Um, I think it works really, re- really well. This was shot by uh, Mr. Bill Pope, who also did The Matrix. You may be familiar with. Yep, Team um, America as well. <laughs> Didn't he do a Spider-Man movie? Probably, probably. I thought he did those the same movie. Anyway, the go ahead. Amazing Spider-Man's. Yeah. Um. So there's like I th- I feel like man, this is it's just so well done. Like it, it makes sense that it's the most expensive of all of them. Um. I see the money in this. I, all the CGI works really well. I love all the fucking characters in the background. I, I um, Jermaine Clement just kills it. Um, his character, like I accidentally paused it a couple times when he was like holding his little palm vagina hand thing and it was like crawling out of him. And I'm, I looked at it and I was like, that totally looks 100% real. Like all the things like the skin tone matches perfectly. Like in all the ways that I would want to freeze frame and look at it and be like, that's real. They just filmed that. Like, it, it totally works. Um, there's not a lot of moments in this where I, I start to get bored or start to like, oh, I need to look at my phone for a second. Like, it's, I feel like this movie really, really moves. I don't know if, if Barry Sonnenfeld just, just found his rhythm again or if he was a little bit more excited about this one than he was about the second one. But like, I feel like his tone comes through better than it did in that one. And the second one, I mean, um, I don't know if that's just the writing or if that's like everybody's a little bit more excited about how much more fun this one is. Man, I gotta, I gotta give this a nine five. Um, this is the most rewatchable of of the two sequels for me. I haven't seen the fourth one because it's not Will Smith, but I'll, I'll get there eventually. Yeah, nine five. It's more like Men in Black two, guys. I hate to tell you that. Mm, maybe I'll just skip it and end on the joy that is. <laughs> Men in Black Cube. And for some reason, like all the mystery and plot point things that they think are going to be surprises, you can see coming from like a million miles away. Uh, come Just on. like outer space and all the planets. <laughs> so with that, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. You want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the Movie Crew. Crew spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right. Extra E at the end of the word crew at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Movie Crew Pod. Jared, where can the audience follow you? You can find me on Instagram at CheckTheGate, on Twitter at Jared B. Catlin, or on Apple Podcasts with Torah Stories, or wherever you get your podcasts. Grigsy, where can they follow you? I am on both Instagram and Twitter, at Grigsy Media. That's G-R-I-G-G-S-Y Media. And Kristen, where can they follow you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and an I. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And uh, we're going to close out the show tonight with track number 52. 
from the Men in Black 3 soundtrack. It is titled End Credits. Enjoy. Enjoy.